Denise McGilvery is a Cree indigenous woman, mother, and grandmother out of a Pasquak Cree nation in Treaty 5 territory. Swampy Cree is the dialect in her community. She has been an urbanized indigenous person for about 25 years. During that time, she has learned and understood indigenous culture from many different perspectives and respectfully utilizes and shares what she's learned with her children and grandchildren. I just want to start by saying Dance. Hello. Uh, my name is Denise McGilvery. Denise McGilvery Nitsigatsun. I come from a Pasquiac Cree Nation. Uh, I'm currently living in Winnipeg. I've been in Winnipeg for about 25 years. I haven't had much opportunity in these years, I think, to sit and kind of learn and watch my language happen around me within the communities that um, the nonprofit organizations that I've been working with or participated in. In the last 10 or 15 years, there's been a lot of culture um, coming to life, which is wonderful and I love it and I love to be a part of that community. But along with culture and learning those teachings comes language and identity is, is one of those things that are very important to kind of go hand in hand. The last time we were here, we spoke about barriers, and uh, one of the things I didn't mention last time was is actually a huge barrier, and it's um, it's it's coming out a lot more, and I'm noticing a lot more, and I'm not being critical because every teaching is any teaching who's ever willing to do it, but a lot of times people without the financial means are unable to participate with certain um, teachings because there's a fee involved, and I was lucky. I just happened upon um, Chance's ad on Facebook for the uh, Cree language programming, which was free, which in all honesty, their, their group and their program applied for a grant um, from the federal government in which they received and they implemented that, uh, that grant in a way where it was very accessible for many different people um, and many different spaces. And having um, that ability just to sign up and say, hey, yeah, I want to do this. This is something that I've been waiting for, for for a really long time. Even, you know, after knowing I know some real prominent and, and um, exclusive words that, uh, you know, are pretty intrinsic for everyday life, you know, like basic commands and uh, basic like verbs and nouns, etc., like those kinds of things I've carried all my life, um, numbers and counting, and being able to use those one-sentence words, you know, still helped me keep that language. Although I want to become more fluent and I want to be able to sit in, in circles and um, in, in the community in circles and be able to just fluently speak in language, like not have one little word of English, you know, that's, that's going to be a, a, a few years coming, but I, I can see it happening. Yeah, that, that was the one of the things that I really thought about um, since I last sat down here is, is those barriers and, and, the, and the vision, I think, that a lot of us see, um, you know, who are really coming into our own um, by ways of uh, our language, our culture, our identity, 
and raising up our own children and grandchildren now in, in the days of reconciliation, as they say. Um, I just wanted to share that piece. I felt really, um, I felt it was really important that that comes up and, you know, as grateful as I am for this opportunity to use my voice. I'm very happy to be here. Facebook was very happy that I was here. So, you know, that really, really kind of lifted me up and, and, you know, boosted my confidence to, to be able to say, yeah, this is, this is really what is needed. And this is, this is really how I feel. And I'm, I'm not going to be ashamed of not knowing my language. I'm not going to be ashamed of being nervous. And I'm not going to be ashamed of making mistakes while learning my language. You know, because with every every lesson or every teaching, you know, it's not always going to come out um, perfect as we want it, right? It's, there's mistakes and that's that's learning. And I think being able to learn and make those mistakes in a gentle, safe space is, is really important. So with my children, um, again, reflecting back, I was approached my children. They're pretty excited that um, I did a ra radio recording. They're super happy. So I'd ask them if they wanted to just kind of sit down with me and let me know the words that they know in Cree that I use often in, in my daily life. But um, 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, they, they just kind of don't want no part of that. <laughs> so it was like, even though they're super excited and super proud and encouraging, they're like, no, mom, that's, that's kind of your work right now. We're just going to tag along and, and cheer you on. So I thought that was really interesting, but as interested as they are in understanding, I take that as um, another pat on the back that I am doing something right. Um, where they go to school and the people that they hang out with are very diverse culture in our community and in their school. Like there's um, a vast array of cultures. So one of the things I really like is that <clears throat> they have that openness, they have that understanding and they have that um, that willingness to know and to, to, to understand people's different cultures and being able to just be accepting of that, just the same as their peers are accepting of their culture. The other thing is just, I, I, I say this and I still do and I love it and it's, it's no way um, in any shape being um, offensive or you know, any type of negativity in saying this, but I am very, very happy when I see other people in their cultures having like whole conversations um, in their language, you know, and I sit there and I often wonder because they're having fun and they're smiling and they're using their language and it just looks so natural, right? It just looks so natural and it's it's something that I feel everybody in every culture should be able to do is just to be able to speak their language openly and without without shame or, you know, and having that full understanding of what that means. So again, that that's the vision, right, for the future, is to be able to have all of that for our people, for our grandchildren. Um, there's not many uh, people left from my mother's generation, so my parents' generations or my grandparents' generations who, in my life, would have carried um, the fluency and to be very fluid in the language. So there's really not much more people left to teach unless we really take that responsibility on and, and 
offer it to the to the next generations coming up so you know that's a huge responsibility that we have to take on um now growing up as a child I didn't I didn't know anything of my culture I didn't even know I was treaty <laughs> I really didn't know that I was indigenous I thought I was Métis because my, my father's French so I didn't know that I was indigenous for a really long time I think until my teen years and then upon moving to Winnipeg I did not have any teachings any knowing about ceremony or language or spirit names or anything like that I did not know but I was able to to run into a community where I had uh, some experiences with uh, a knowledge keeper and a uh, sweat lodge. Sweat lodge, <laughs> I lost my word, but he ca- he's, he can carry a sweat lodge and he can run a sweat lodge. So um, that was my first experience and I was 23 years old. And during that time they were offering spirit names and I thought, wow, that's something so important. I did not take my spirit name until I was in my mid-30s, I think, because just because I knew that was a big responsibility, like somehow I knew that if I was going to commit to having that ceremony of taking my spirit name, that I was taking on a huge responsibility. Even though I didn't really fully understand what the teachings were of being an Indigenous person, So uh, oftentimes in some circles, you hear people talking of blood memory. There are some things that come to light for me just randomly. I can I can now just say, wow, where did that come from? But I I understand now that's that's blood memory. Like that's my ancestors coming to me and helping me learn and helping me walk and, and helping me to teach and, you know, helping me to be responsible with um, with these teachings that you know, we, we carry that we should have, you know, been carrying from from the day that we're born, right? From the time that we come out of our parent our mother's womb, there's there's a whole bunch of learning that's some I I wanna say somehow been misplaced and that's me being kind and, and respectful. I just don't feel like there's any place anymore for blame. We kind of know the history, uh, we're angry about the history. You know, some of us are very, very hurt and damaged by the history. Uh, but in those last few years, the, the movement um, with respect to reconciliation, I don't feel the anger has any place there anymore. If we're really, really going to move forward and we're really, really going to, you know, help our children learn and grow and understand who we are and our history, we cannot carry that anger forward with us anymore. I just, I just don't feel like it has a place. We can definitely talk about it, but we cannot allow the anger to pass through generations anymore because it's going to affect what, what our grandchildren are learning and how they're learning. Yeah, that's kind of where where I went after uh, our first meeting. I was like, "Whoa, there's so much," and um, I'm I'm just really again grateful for these opportunities and grateful that Chance had um, opened this door up for me, and grateful to you, Ryan, for for Facebook, and you know, you just blew my confidence right up. Uh, so I appreciate that, and I really look forward to having many more doors open and having many more opportunities to share in learning the language because there's there's no way that I am at the place where I can say that 
I am a teacher, but I can definitely say that I'm in a place that I can walk beside someone when they're taking their journey to to learn. Because we've all got to start somewhere. And if we're not going to hold somebody's hand as we're learning, then what's the sense of learning, right? If we're not going to share that knowledge with somebody who, you know, maybe is really shy and doesn't know how to walk in the door and say, hey, I, I want to learn that too, or I have a few words. Can I, can I learn how to put them all together too with you? So just making that safe space within, within uh, reasonable to be able to open the doors in a capacity that's accessible. Because there's a lot of organizations that are, you know, you need to take a bus or you really need to travel quite a distance. And, and a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people won't have the courage maybe to to take that step, but if it's something you're walking by every day, every day on your journeys, you can finally take one opportunity and say, maybe I will walk in there and just see what it's all about. I think that's kind of how I've come to a lot of opportunities in my life. So from the time I was um, in my late 20s up until now, like a lot of um, community non-for-profit organizations have really helped me to to grow into the woman that I am and to grow into understanding what it's like to be a community member in a marginalized society and, and how to help. That's kind of what I wanted to say. What are some of the next steps you'll be taking on your language journey? Well, I would like to pursue um, a more invested um, understanding of the language. So um, I'm currently looking at um, education, like furthering my education in social work, but I wanna, I wanna be able to engage with youth, right? Because you, you see now that we've got so many displaced um, youth with really no paths. Again, once again, intrinsically know who they are and carry those memories and and need to really feel their identity and that's where my passion is like child welfare um as much as you know they mean well they're not doing well and then i feel like if if there's somebody who's going to advocate for the kids and not in a way that the government advocates like on a personal level like you know um just to be able to say hey you know, this is who you are, and if you're willing to come and learn, or, you know, to open those doors within the agencies rather than just have a social worker say, well, here's your foster home, you know, they've got to be able to have those resources available. To, to know, to let the kids know, to let the youth know, to let the parents know especially, right, that this is what we're here for. We're not here just to mandate how you take care of your children. We want you to learn how to parent your children in a way that our ancestors did, right? In a good way, with language, with culture, with teachings. And that's that's quite a, a broad explanation, I guess, of what I see, like to get down to the real meat and potatoes of it all, you know, that, that's gonna take at least 10 years just to form a plan of how to implement something like that, so. Um, like I said, my goals are social work, and in the next few months, I'll know whether or not I'm going to really be able to dig deep into that into the fall, or do I just continue to do some work within the 
community and some of the nonprofit organizations. Multicultural is located on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the national homeland of the Red River Métis. 